on this episode of Why Watch That. Look, this is a weird one. You've got to see it to believe it and to even try to figure it out. This is something that will take numerous episodes to really understand. And, you know, he's smiling his way through it and making jokes, and it's terrible. It is absolutely horrible. He has a bat with barbed wire, and he uses it, okay? Negan says, you're not going to look at me like that. And if you continue, I'm going to teach you. You do this, I'm going to kill all your people. How about that? Uh I'm a man of my word. They just need to put the people in the right places, do what they need to do, and not completely treat us like we're fools and we're fine. That's right. (laughs) Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome to Why Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. The Why Watch That Talk. Listeners, TV is what we're talking about today, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared. I know. We've been talking about movies, movies, movies for several weeks now. It's time to catch back up with television because it's not stopping. (laughs) Uh, Somebody come rescue me. (laughs) You know what? I'm coming to your rescue right now because we're going to talk about new shows. Yes, we're already headed into November soon. And we're still debuting shows. <laughs> some of those. And they are still debuting shows. <laughs> That's right. We're also going to sneak in a couple other returning shows that we're itching to talk about. And no pun intended with that. Let's first talk about Conviction oh. on ABC. Yes. Do you, Critic, have a conviction about Conviction? That's the question. Uh, so it stars Haley Atwell. As a lawyer, she's a former first daughter, all grown up. Her mother is a senator. Okay, you know. It smells very familiar. Yes. And if you don't know Haley Atwell, she was Agent Carter, or is Agent Carter, we should say. Um, So she is a bad girl. But she's roped in uh, to a new position, everybody, where she essentially heads a, a team that goes through to find any potential wrongful convictions. And if they find it, then the DA, who is her nemesis, kind of, maybe her potential love interest, Ruh-roh. will then, you know, exonerate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you get all the people on her team, her crack staff, you know, one of them is worked as a detective, so she has that thing. Another one was a prisoner himself and got out, you know, so he has his own motives and so on and so forth. So, I mean, that's really the show. Okay. Uh, For me, it's ABC. We know what we're going to get from that network. This doesn't break the mold, but it doesn't add anything compelling for me to say that you need to watch it. All right. That's not bad. Timeless on NBC. Yes, NBC's really trying to get some out there. Uh, they're they're coming out with um, a very familiar face. And I'll say that because I know her from Rectify. That's right. You all are not watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that is Abigail Spencer um, in Timeless. Timeless is about this. Something happens, everybody, to the timeline. 
And there is this technology that they can use to send people back in time or forward in time. Okay, so there's a criminal on the loose. He also has access to this technology, and that's played by Goran Visnich. I think is how you say his name. He was in ER. If you watch the oh, ER. so this there are three people who are brought in, played by Abigail Spencer. She's a history uh, expert, so she knows about timelines, what to mess with, what not to mess with. Um, Matt Lanter uh, and Malcolm Barrett, I believe, are the three. Okay. Now, each of them, just as I said, with conviction, has their own motives. Let's say, uh, Matt, he lost his wife or girlfriend, and you know the question is, does he want to change things so that she's still alive? And Malcolm, mm, he's attached to the creator of this thing, and they've got some things going on that are not up to snuff. But the question is, will he continue this subterfuge? So what you get is a little bit of cheese. You get all the historical stuff. They go back to time and have to deal with the Nazis. They start the first episode with the Hindenburg. So we have that. So right, it's, right, right. Just, you know, it's just fun to watch. Uh, it makes sense if, if people like that kind of time travel thing. Is it great? No, but it is a particular kind of satisfaction watching it, I'll say. All right. So you know what? I'm excited about the costumes. Frequency on CW <laughs> based off the movie frequency that you may have seen in the 90s um now they've turned it into a television show they sure have and this is on like you said the cw um it stars peyton list as the now new nypd detective who has used a ham radio we all know that yes to connect to her father 20 years in the past so she's in 2016 he's in 1996 and this is before he is murdered Mm -hmm. so he was also a detective but he was undercover he was the undercover cop and this whole thing behind his past uh, has made his name mud essentially so she is, you know, upset with him until she connects with him and starts to figure out that maybe the story that was told is not completely true. Oh. So what happens is in the pilot, if you've just seen that, they're now uh, three episodes in. But in the pilot, she does some things to help him get away from being murdered as an undercover cop. Changes the timeline. Here it is. But she remembers both timelines. She remembers the new one and the old one. So she's going to use that to investigate the people behind this and potentially now change the future again because we know if you change one thing, it changes something else. So it goes from one tragedy to another. Mm. All right. USA, Falling Water. So Falling Water, everybody, this is a strange one. Falling Water is about three strangers who, for some reason, have this connection in dreams. And there is a guy who wants to use them in order to get some sort of power from that. Because we know that if you can control dreams, that's really his goal. And you Sounds can, like Inception. Yeah. Then you can control a lot of different things. So the question is, how far are these powers going to go? Is this guy that's trying to pull them together trustworthy or not? Look, this is a weird one. You've got to see it to believe it and to even try to figure it out. This is something that will take numerous episodes to really understand what they're doing. I think the first episode had just enough to make me watch the second. Oh, good. Goliath on Amazon Prime 
is out, and you can watch it at will. Yes, you can. The question is, will you? Well, it stars Billy Bob Thornton, and it is co-created by David E. Kelly and Jonathan Shapiro, if you know the practice, Mm -hmm. uh, all of that stuff there behind it. So you know what you're going to get. This is professionally done. Billy Bob Thornton as a a washed-out lawyer who finds a case that brings him back, okay? He has alcohol problems. He is estranged or divorced or something with his wife, played by Maria Bello. Um, He was a top-notch lawyer who started a firm with William Hurt, and his wife, Maria Bello, is still there. He's not. So he's now going up against them. They are the Goliath. That's right. They represent a major company that's doing some underhanded things. So I really like the cast here. I think it's a strong cast. Also, Molly Parker's in it from uh, House of Cards. Uh, so very strong cast. And it's David E. Kelly. He's going to give you enough to watch. So I would say check it out if you haven't already. If you like law uh, shows, and they're going to give you what you want and a little bit of some surprises. USA has eyewitness. It's out. It's here. You can take a look or not. <laughs> <laughs> so this is about uh, two teenage boys. Um, they're friends. Uh, one of them's very popular. The other one isn't. So, you know, the friendship, the popular one, doesn't really want to be seen associated with the other one in public, in school. But they find that they have a romantic attraction. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, when this goes on, they actually become embroiled in a murder. Uh They hide and see it. But one of the guys who survives it knows who they are. He's after them. Now, the one who's the outcast, so to speak, is adopted. um, And his adoptive mother is a sheriff. Okay, played by Julianne Nicholson. Uh, if you know Masters of Sex, she was in that. If you know August Osage County, the movie, she was in that as well. Uh, so she's pulled in, but then there are other people behind the scenes who are pulling the strings here that are behind why this murder occurred who are going to be forces probably getting in her way. So is it going to be the federal jurisdiction, of course, or her jurisdiction, that tug of war? So I think that the first episode was good enough to keep watching. It is based on another Norway show. So you know the atmosphere, what that's going to be like. Hulu's coming out with Chance. And should we take a chance on Chance? That's the real question here. Yes, well, uh, Hugh Laurie, who played Dr. House, now plays Dr. Chance. Okay. (laughs) And instead of him being someone who tries to figure out what's wrong with you and fix the problem as a surgeon... He is a neuropsychiatrist, so a forensic one. So he tries to diagnose what's going on with you mentally and then prescribe the solution. Maybe it's going to a different therapist. Now, in his past, there is a case that is haunting him. Of course. And a new case coming in that might bring certain complications that that first one did. So he's being sucked into this weird world, including uh, Clark Peters who plays this antiques dealer, who's just so strange, who leads him to a character named Dee, played by Ethan Suppley. If you look him up, you'll know who he is, a big guy who knows how to kill, okay? So the question is, is Chance okay mentally himself or not? Of course he's not. Divorce on HBO. Sarah Jessica Parker is back. She's teaming up with Thomas Hayden Church. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we're glad to see her back. We're glad to see him back. Yeah. Question is, is it going to work 
or are they going or do we need to divorce divorce (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is it is created by sharon horgan who has a show on amazon as well everybody so just know if you know that show catastrophe which is on amazon you understand her brand of humor look the knives are out here Sarah Jessica Parker, Thomas Hayden Church, they play a married couple. He's into her. Is she into him? Well, he finds out that she's a cheetah. So at the end of the first episode, he goes, I want a divorce. Bam. And they are not polite. We also have Molly Shannon in the cast, Talia Balsam, Tracy Letts. I mean, strong cast here. The question is, everybody, are you willing to go with them into the nastiness of divorce where it's you might think, is this really a comedy at certain points? It's very awkward, uh, very difficult to watch at times. So there you go. Sounds like the War of the Roses. <laughs> but uh, let's take a break right now. Give the critic a breather because we put him on the hot seat. And we're going to come back with some returning television that we are itching to talk about. Yeah. Did you know? Part one. Whoa! Wait a minute! I have a did Oh you know? my goodness! That was dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the question for you, Ref. Let's see how sharp you are today. Oh 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 oh! Which actor has a mother who predicted that he would work with Burt Reynolds, and he did? Was considered for the title role in Forrest Gump, which we know went to Tom Hanks. And was told by famed director Billy Wilder to write a screenplay for himself in order to take advantage of his non-traditional features, which he did to acclaim. Ooh, non-traditional features, work with Burke Reynolds, and was going to be Forrest Gump? (laughs) Let me, that's a wild combination, let me think about that. This episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Did you know? Part two. All right, you had your time. What's your it's not Dom DeLuise. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> uh, was it, um, I don't know if they worked together. I feel like they have. Was it Sylvester Stallone? Not Sylvester Stallone, no. No, he wouldn't be Forrest Gump. I don't know. It is none other than Billy Bob Thornton. Thornton, of course. Yes. Yes. Because remember, his mother was a psychic. Okay. I don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) And he wrote the screenplay for Sling Blade. Yes. So he directed himself to an Oscar nomination. There you go. Way to go, Billy Bob Thornton. Right now, as we discussed, he is in the show on Amazon. You've got to check that out to see what's going on with Goliath. Well, apparently his mom already knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Back to why watch that. Well, we're still talking about television. We are back. This time we're talking about returned television shows. And we, of course, are going to start quickly 
with the Flash on CW. <laughs> back. He is back, and but what is he back to? Okay, so we're now in the third season. We know from the previous seasons that Barry Allen, played by Grant Gustin, has been playing around with the timelines. Here we go with these timelines. You know what? It's a timeline theme. They, we like that, don't we? Yeah, they like it, obviously. So the thing is, he found a way to go back into his past and change it so that his parents are both together. And he is just basking in the glow of that. But there are repercussions when you do that. Of course there are. You can't just do that. Yes. Now, Reverse Flash, his nemesis, he had him locked up during this time. And Reverse Flash was telling him, "Uh, let me tell you something, Barry. This is not going to work out. Things are going to start getting worse and worse. And that's what happens. So he figures out that, yes, he has to change the timeline back to what it was. Mm -hmm. But she can't do that. So after that attempt to change the timeline, again, his mother's dead here. He finds that all of his loved ones are different. Their relationships are different. His relationships with them are different. So the question is, how can he fix that, if at all? And if he can't fix it, what are the next steps? Because there's a new villain on the loose because of what he did, who is bringing in more metahumans that are creating hassles for everybody. So I'm still enjoying it. I'm yes, still- and for those of us who do not watch it, we have no idea what you're talking about. Legends <laughs> of Tomorrow on CW. Still, we're in the uh, DC comic world, and in fact, uh, we're, we're talking about bringing in Supergirl at one point, uh, dipping in and out of things. Where are we at with this new season? Yeah, and just so you know, everybody, Monday through Thursday nights on CW, you get a show from DC every, every night. Every night. Every night. So uh, Legends of Tomorrow is Thursdays, I believe. Uh, this is the second season. This is just like I was talking about Timeless, where you have these people time traveling. It's just in this case, they're superheroes time traveling. So there you go. It's completely cheesy. It's even cheesier than Timeless. And I, I appreciate it for that. In this season, what happened is there is something going on with the nuclear bomb. It's going to be detonated there in 1942. Uh, The head of their group determines to make sure that everyone's safe. I won't give you all the particulars. Everyone's safe. They need to split up. He disappears. Some of the group members we know from the last season are gone. So everybody's not together. The question is, can they continue to manage the timeline without any checks and balances and without a leader. So that's where we are now. They are a rudderless team moving forward or backward. Waywards. Where they are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you've all been waiting for this one. I mean, we saved the best for last, obviously. It's much anticipated. (laughs) We are talking about The Walking Dead. It is back on AMC and we left last season with the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers. This guy jumped from the good wife. He left Alicia and went on to, to take on zombies and the crew. Negan. Yes. playing. What is he up to? Well, we know. Every, we knew it uh, for almost a year now that they were going to come back and kill a character. We knew this. Um, actually, that's kind of my problem with it. Because I was able to have all this time to go, okay, you're going to kill somebody. All right. So watching it, I was at a distance for this first episode. I was just like, okay. Now, of course, they throw in a surprise. Not only who, but how many people are dead. Okay. From Negan, who's played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. 
And, you know, he's smiling his way through it and making jokes, and it's terrible. It is absolutely horrible. He has a bat with barbed wire, and he uses it, okay? And the thing is, with Rick, the leader of the team, he has to figure out whether he's going to give in, acquiesce to Negan's demands, because Negan says, you're not going to look at me like that. And if you continue, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to make you think about cutting off your son's son's arm. I'm going to make you think about if you do this, I'm going to kill all your people. How about that? Uh I'm a man of my word. So that's the whole first episode where we see the tug of war between Negan and Rick. So for, for me to really determine what's going on, I need to see the next few episodes because this one was just them saying, look, everybody, everything has changed. This world we already knew is brutal, but even more brutal than you thought. Wow. And we're going to kill off some of my favorite characters. Oh, wah, 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 wah. I got some other suggestions for y'all, by the way. (laughs) I'll give you some different suggestions. So, you know, the the people I like are dwindling. They're still there, some of them. But they might be dead by the end of the season. Who knows? Who knows? Listen, The Walking Dead is going to keep walking, dead or alive. (laughs) TV is not slowing up, folks. It's just keep, it's going to keep going and going and going. And we here at Why Watch That, we've got you covered. We'll tell you what to watch. We'll tell you what not to watch. We'll even tell you what we're watching. But by all means, keep watching. Why watch that insider? Listeners, we haven't talked to you in a while. We've been talking about movies and and interviewing people and talking about television. We haven't really shared our back office conversations. (laughs) Wait a minute. You want me to be honest? (laughs) Yes. Okay. So in the last, especially at the beginning of September, we have just been seeing a lot of movies. We've been fortunate to be invited to a ton of screenings attending film festivals. And we really wanted to decompress with you all. Um, And again, this is straight off the cuff for the most part of what the state of Hollywood is in, the state of storytelling, at least what we've seen since September until now. And we have some opinions about it. Uh, Some of the movies we'll talk about are movies that have been released that you can check out for yourselves and we've reviewed. Also, there's some movies that have not been released yet, but we have talked about them, um, especially if they've been released um, via the New York Film Festival. Mm -hmm. That's right. And look... What are we saying? They're like two categories and then a third, a little sneaky one? Yeah, two categories. Basically, we're talking about traditional movie making, filmmaking, traditional storytelling, the beginning, middle, and end. Structure is strong, or the structure is supposed to be there, we'll say that. Yeah, supposed um, to. Yeah, supposed to. There should be some emotional connection with it, but it's very straightforward. But the second category is a little different. Yeah. And this one's more of the artistic vision. Are you playing around with color and the rest of the visuals, with sound, with the characters themselves, with the plot structure? Do you have one or not? Are you focused simply on characters and just following them? So, you know, there they're trying to break the mold or create something new out of what was done traditionally. And we'll say the two examples would be um, the Tree of Life would go into that category. We'll oh, see. Just for reference. Yeah. (laughs) And then the straightforwardness of something like The Color Purple. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very straightforward um, movie making. So let's dive right in. We started off basically with a movie called I, Daniel Blake. Mm. And it's not out yet. It's at the New York Film Festival. Straightforward, traditional, simple, 
great cast, strong story, great emotional connection. We liked it. That's right. And, you know, if you're going to do traditional filmmaking, you've got to do it well, like top to bottom, as you said, or it's not going to work because we've seen it before. And for I, Daniel Blake, it has a turn there where, I mean, the spigots just start flowing, everybody, the the sniffling, the crying in the theater. Uh, So it's a devastating film because it handles the traditions expertly. Right. And Manchester by the Sea, which is coming out as well. You've heard us talk about it. We're going to lump it in that category. Another successful storytelling effort. You couldn't get any plainer with the plot. That's right. There's some revealing that happens, some flashbacks, some flash forwards, all that stuff. But the plot and the acting is very, very strong. An overall very satisfying cinematic experience. That's right. And and the thing, the quirk in Manchester is some of the casting choices. So you see people in traditional roles that aren't necessarily traditional actors. So that's where you get that little bit of spice. But even without that, it was just well-constructed and executed. Queen of Katwe, same sort of uh, very, very straightforward structure. It's Disney. (laughs) Yeah, it's a beginning, middle, and end. But we're not saying that it's simple there was some complexity, especially with the acting. It, there was texture to the simplicity, we'll say. Yeah. And also, you know, the, we all love dramedies because, you know, that they keep us on our toes. So that's one way that Queen of Cotway brings something interesting to a formula. Also, it's acting, the kid actors as well, just really entertaining and engaging So, you know, it's enough where you're sitting there going, okay, you're giving me enough for my money or for the time I'm spending to watch this. And Lupita and David Oyelowo, you know, they're never going to waste our time. That's right. 20th century women, same sort of efforts. Stellar cast. Yeah. But it's straightforward. um, That's coming out later on. You had a really interesting um, take on it. You were talking about how the title really is um, undergirded by what we saw. Exactly. It's really focusing on, and in a particular time in the 20th century, 1979, three women, three different phases of life, and how that represents the century and how who they are affects the men in their lives. So it, this is one that has a plot that's driven by character, but it's still a traditional thing. Yeah. Deepwater, well, let's throw in the big, big, big budgets. Uh, Deepwater Horizon, The Accountant were highlights for us this uh, this season, this little short time period. And both of those, that is a, a traditional sense of Hollywood. Um, right. Deepwater Horizon, you can't get any more straightforward. Mark Wahlberg saves the rig or saves the people on the rig. That is it. The bells and whistles are there. But it was strong acting, strong storytelling, and you got the aesthetic of what Hollywood likes to give with those big budget movies. Yeah, and The Accountant is just ridiculous fun. I mean, that's just what it is. You just go away with it. And, you know, when it comes to blockbusters or big budget films, it just needs to be satisfying. It doesn't need to be perfect. They just need to put the people in the right places, do what they need to do, give us the the hits and everything else, the crashes and the explosions, and not completely treat us like we're fools and we're fine. That's right. (laughs) And we have to throw in at the last of this category in a valley of violence, which did not work for us. We have to talk about like why that didn't work. That's traditional supposed to be straightforward, but this is an example of maybe we were a little more challenged with this. Well, this is where you're talking about the traditions where director, writer, 
editor, producer, Ty West, takes those traditions and really tries to twist all of them in different ways. He brings the absurd into it, etc. But the question is, if you're going to play around with traditions, you really have to be clear about how you're doing it and when you're doing it. Because otherwise, as an audience member, you might be confused. And even he admitted, look, you need to see this in a theater with other people because one person will laugh. You go, oh, it's okay to laugh here. Yeah, let's start laughing. And then you get the cascade effect. So I don't know how successful that's going to be for many people if it's reliant upon your neighbor's reactions. Yeah, that's a very, very good, um, very good assessment. Let's flip over to the more artistic the more non-traditional route. I want to highlight it and then put an umbrella under it with The Vessel, which we saw very early in the month in September. Mm-hmm. Terrence Malick, executive produced, Tree of Life guy. Very much, it's that it's that movie we were talking about where it takes place in an undisclosed town in South America where the priest is trying to save the town. And and quite frankly, the storyline is, is, isn't straightforward at all, but it was emotionally impactful. Yeah, because if you break up the storyline structure, you have to have an emotional impact. And this stars Martin Sheen, among others. And you know what I think about this, Ref? It's you've got to, in this case, create an effective mood. A mood where the audience goes with that from start to finish, where you hold your breath almost, or you're swept away in some way. So I think that for the vessel, it it doesn't do that completely successfully, no, but the effort is enough for you to start watching and think, hmm, is this something that I need to keep watching or not? For a lot of people, it will be. For some, it won't. Yeah, but Patterson, I think you're gonna you're gonna watch that from beginning to end. Even though there's a repetition going on, that director, the cast, they really knew what they were doing. This is about that bus driver who is a poet and basically drives a bus and yeah. writes poems. Yes, yeah. sound exciting, but it was. Yeah, we see a week in his life, repetitions and not. So again, it's a mood here. Also, it's really, if you're doing this, if you're breaking the mold, you've got to create your own authentic world. It's got to feel right. And for Patterson, that's what happened. You're in a different world completely. You're in a poet's world. Exactly. And you understand it with, not intellectually, but emotionally, spiritually. Yeah. Now there were some interesting ones. Neruda, which... You saw it, it, it sort of attempted to do some things, but maybe it didn't play out quite as well, or or maybe it's just not for everybody. Yeah, it's not going to be for everyone. I think visually it's stunning. I think that the we're seeing this consistently. The acting was strong. It's just, were those enough to cover up some of the problems in the storytelling structure? Uh, not quite for me. There was moments where I just was checked out of the film itself, um, so, you know, that's a mixed bag. Yeah, certain women. Now, that's a prime example, if you ever had one, of a very artistic movie. Yeah. Three different stories about women. And at some point, you're just watching them drive or watching them scoop up horse poop. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more to that, obviously. But there are moments in the movie where the plot is basically on pause. Exactly. And and the thing is, for this, this is character-driven. And if you're going to have a movie that's character-driven for a lot of people, those characters better be compelling. It can't simply be, okay, here's what they do in their lives, period. And you do the work. 
Now, see, that kind of thing will appeal to a lot of um, art house buffs, to a lot of people who understand the history of film because they're bringing all of those experiences to the movie. That's not what we think about here at Why Watch That. We don't say, well, you need to go research and understand. No, the film should speak for itself. And two prime examples, which we call are in, in that in-between world, are two movies for you and for me, some of our favorites of the year. And one movie for me, it's one of my favorites as far as impact goes. We're talking about Moonlight and The Birth of a Nation. Again, both of those movies um, have traditional structure elements to it, but they also rely on some artistic endeavors that they dip in and out of, and it's an emotional impact. Oh, yes. And, you know, The Birth of a Nation released before Moonlight. And for that, what Nate Parker does, you mentioned it in the review excellently when it comes to the Braveheart structure. But how does he do that in a subversive way? How does he appropriate that to make a big statement where you have to sit in that theater and think for a little while before you leave? And then Moonlight, to me, I mean, yes, I mean, you really have to dig deep to find the structure. Uh, of it because of what Barry Jenkins did so well as a writer director and as a casting person with the with the cast itself because you get wonderful uh, camera work you get wonderful sound how does that play out you get wonderful looks at different parts of this guy's life as he grows up so to me Moonlight it, I, this is a movie that's going to stick with me just as someone announcing himself as a filmmaker who is one to watch who is willing to be daring and traditional at the same time. That's well said, well done. And again, you can check out all of our reviews here on Why Watch That if you're questioning about anything that we've talked about. Um, extensive reviews of the movies that have not been released yet will be released on the week of, so you can get a fuller picture of what we're talking about. But for the most part, we're pretty excited about what Hollywood's offering. And um, the, the bottom line is we want it all. We want the structure and we want the artistic, emotional dipping back and forth of the non-traditional. We want our cake and we want the icing and we want to eat it too. <laughs> and now, the pick of the week. Well, the critics coming at you with the pick of the week. Yes, this Saturday, October 29th, The Fall is returning. It's returning. It's returning. And I said it three times because it's the third season. Yay! And this is uh, created by Alan Cubitt, also directed by him most of the episodes, starring the very familiar Gillian Anderson, uh, X-Files, and Jamie Dornan, Fifty Shades, and among other things. Oh. Uh, and among uh, a whole bunch of other casts. That this is an over-the-seas kind of import kind of thing. It is... Uh, thriller ride how should we prepare for the season three well look let me tell you something okay so this is coming to us from the brits right we've talked about happy valley but this came before oh. so let me tell you jamie dornan forget the rest of that stuff he's been in this <laughs> is the role that defines who he is as an actor he plays a serial killer oh yes we know oh, that from the beginning no. we know it from the start but he's a bereavement counselor in real life, okay? Oh. <laughs> he has a wife, he has a daughter. All of that looks like a normal guy, a nice, kind, considerate guy. Not nah. Now, he is being chased by Jillian Anderson, who plays uh, one of the top detectives. You'll see the ranks when you watch it. You'll know where she is uh, in the British system. 
but she is a she telling men and women what to do. So that comes with its own challenges, uh, but she does not care. And she has some little extracurricular activities where, look, okay, she's a boss. Uh -oh. So the first two seasons is all about these two characters come together. We know they're going to meet eventually. And the question is what happens when they do at the end of season two, we see that there is a 20 minute interrogation ref between the two of them. That is absolutely spellbinding. And at the end of it, the question is what happens to Jamie Dornan's serial killer character? I mean, he's in the clutches of the cops, but he leads them to a crime scene that has some unintended consequences, not only for him, not only for Stella, who is Jillian uh, Anderson's character, but also for others around them. So there are only 11 episodes, everybody, in the first two seasons total. You can watch them before you get to season three, get an additional six episodes, and really be enthralled by the spookiness of the fall. Oh, well done. Again, you can catch this this Saturday, October 29th on Netflix and be prepared to uphold yourself for the fall. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.